What's good, guys? It's your host, Adrian Evans. Welcome to the Black Wealth Media Podcast, where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and we talk about how we can create wealth and build legacy within the black community. Let's get into this episode. Hello? Ivan, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast, man. I'll be your host, Adrian Evans. Um, you know, to the audience, guys, we got a special guest. His name is Ivan Thomas. He's a celebrity publicist, and he's also an author. Um, Ivan, why don't you go ahead and uh, give a little be- bit of background on yourself, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, I was born in D.C., traveled uh, a bit when, when I was younger uh, because was a, a longtime journalist for like 20 years so we moved around uh he was from new jersey so we lived in like newark new jersey east orange new jersey kearney new jersey we lived in rochester but for the majority of my life so um you know after growing up in chicago i went on to attend howard university in washington dc uh, where I pursued a degree in broadcast journalism. After graduating, I ended up going into the PR field. So I've been in the PR industry for close to 15 years, and I've worked with a variety of different clients from all spectrums, um, such as social justice, higher education. And, um, you know, I worked actually uh, with my dad for several years uh, after you know, short stints with some other companies. I worked with a family business uh, for about six and a half years before starting my own PR company. So, you know, my company is Intrigue Media Group, which specializes in PR and brand and reputation management for clients in the arts, culture, lifestyle, and entertainment industries. And, um, you know, over the years, I've worked with clients uh, from Reverend Jesse Jackson to Nielsen, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Xerox, Rapper Waka Flocka Flame and other individuals. And, uh, you know, really has been a great ride. Um, but aside from that, you know, I also own a credit restoration company uh, called Credit okay. Savant LLC. And actually in June, um, I released Unleashing Your Greatness Within, which is, uh, you know, really a highly motivational book and it's a success guide to help people to overcome all kinds of adversity and to launch into their ultimate level of personal and uh, professional greatness. So that's really what I'm up to, man. That that sounds good right there. Um, So so let's take it back. (laughs) You said you went to Howard. Um, Big, big shout out to, you know, HBCU. I went to uh, Winston-Salem State University. That's where I graduated. Uh, Okay. Nice. Yeah, man. So that's pretty dope, man. Um, How was it when, you know, how was your time at Howard when you were studying journalism? Oh, man, it was absolutely one of the best experiences of my life. Just, um, you know, being on that campus, which is so yeah. rich in history and um, just learning so much about, you know, yourself, you know, and being able to take pride in being a black man and a black scholar and just recognizing that, you know, you're walking the hallways that a lot of, you know, greats have walked. You know, so many people from Thurgood Marshall to Felicia Rashad, you know, you name it. You know, there's people who have attended Howard University and, you know, it was just an honor to attend that school. Of course, you know, we're known for a great homecoming. 
So, you know, I definitely had some great homecoming experiences and then really just appreciating the diversity of, you know, the black diaspora, you know, just meeting friends and, you know, people from, you know, Brazil or from Amsterdam, from, you know, Columbia, L.A., Chicago, Miami, all over the place. You know, it was just it just showed you how diverse we are as people. And, you know, it's a it's an experience that I'll never forget, man. Um, so tell me, man, like for, for yeah. those who don't know, um, what exactly does a publicist do? Yeah, absolutely. So a publicist is like a mouthpiece for, you know, a, a business or for an individual. So uh, pretty much, you know, we are very instrumental in connecting our clients to their target audiences, you know, whether it's, you know, potential customers, whether it's nonprofit organizations, schools, churches, you know, and of course, members of the media. You know, we, we uh, definitely support them in getting their message out through the media, uh, securing interviews for them on all kinds of outlets, you know, locally and nationally, whether it's TV, radio, newspapers, blogs, magazines. You know, um, we focus on, you know, we pitch their stories to the media. So really our relationships and our ability to communicate on behalf of the client and just to maneuver different situations to make sure that we're lining them up with opportunities so they can uh, keep their voice out there. They can be positioned um, as subject matter experts and authorities in whatever industry they're in, whether it's, you know, entertainment, whether it's in business, whether it's in healthcare. You know, our job is to make sure that they're visible and then just to connect them, you know, to people and organizations inside and outside of their industries. We handle a lot of writing. We do networking on their behalf. You know, we position them at events. So really anything to to contribute to their voice and to get their message out there and help them to connect with their target audience. That's what we do. Got you. Got you. So um, are there different types of publicists? So, like, for example, are there publicists that um, they're only in the inter- they only work with people in the entertainment industry? Um, and then there are, are there publicists that work with. Um, like small business owners. Um, can you go into detail about that, if you don't mind? Yeah. So so me, uh, for example, I work with all types of people. So I work with established and emerging brands. So it can mm-hmm. be a small business or, you know, a new brand that's just been launched and, you know, someone needs uh, support and getting the message out. And then I work with high profile celebrities and bigger companies. So, you know, I tend to work across different spectrums. And I believe if you're good at PR, you know, you can navigate different industries. It's all about, you know, about your connections, you know? So of course there are publicists where their specialty and their expertise is in entertainment, you know, or maybe they focus on the faith-based arena and they work with gospel artists and churches and things of that nature. So yeah, you can definitely have a niche. um, But, you know, there's also people who can, you know, navigate different types of industries. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, tell me, man, like, where did your love for PR come from? Uh, well, actually, like I mentioned, um, I worked with my dad for a little bit, so I got exposed to PR through him. But mm-hmm. really, um, you know, initially um, I was I started off as a print major, print journalism major uh, at Howard. And then I decided to go into broadcast, which was more on TV. And, you know, just I thought. It was more along the lines of what I would want to do. But actually, when I got exposed to PR, that was just like a match made in heaven, because typically when you're working in the news industry, you're assigned to beat, you know, so you might be um, either a political reporter or you're a sports reporter or, you know, maybe you're focusing on crime or whatever the case may be. 
you know, typically you have a, beat, a specific beat that you cover. But what I discovered with PR is that you're not pigeonholed into a particular area. So you're working with all different types of clients from all different industries, all different kinds of backgrounds. And you meet so many different people. And I just like that because, you know, me, it's with regards to my personality, you know, I'm a person who I get bored easily. I, yeah. I don't like to just focus and do the same thing over and over again. I like to venture into different arenas so pr allowed me to do that and that's why i i came to love it so much you know the travel the meeting so many different people brilliant people from all different walks of life and uh really just playing an instrumental role in helping them to get their message out i thought that was great awesome awesome so take us back man like tell me when was it that like how old were you and what was going through your mind when you got your very first client uh, when I got my very first client, you know, definitely it was a great feeling. I wasn't making very much money when I made my first client, you know, but, um, you know, definitely it was a great feeling to know that I had created this company and that there was somebody who had entrusted in me to take their brand to the next level. So, you know, that was just a great feeling. And, you know, that was just the start really of my entrepreneurial journey. And it let me know, of course, that I had a lot of work to do, but that it was possible. You know, that I could go out and get clients. You know, you get one, then, of course, it's possible for you to get two. You know, and if you do a good job, people are going to see what you're doing. You can get bring in new business through referrals or, you know, just have the opportunity by working with that client to meet people and to get them into different events and network there and continue to build your brand. So it was definitely a great feeling when I got my first client. Gotcha. Now, was it a long process before you got that client or did it not, you know, was it a process that took months, maybe like a year? How, how did that work out? No, it really didn't take me very long to get my first client because, of course, I was already working in PR and I was doing yeah. some really great work working with some high profile clients, you know, by working with my dad. Um, so my first client uh, didn't take too long to get. However, you know, just commanding the type of money that you could really live off of was difficult because the people who were reaching out to me, you know, they might have been. Um, people referred by friends or even individuals that I already knew. And, you know, they weren't big companies. So really, they're coming out of their personal pocket to pay me to do PR for them, you know, for, for whatever project that they're working on. And, you know, really, it it didn't take long to get clients. But of course, as you're building the business, you know, when you first start, you're focused yeah. on just bringing in some income, you know, because, right. you know, you got to make money. But then you learn to recognize that one, um, every client's not the best for your business. And right. uh, that, that was something that I had to learn. And that took a little while because, of course, you know, as you're trying to focus on making a living for yourself, you just want to get every dollar that you can possibly get. But then you learn that sometimes you're compromising the integrity and the value of your brand by working with certain mm -hmm. clients if they're not really ready for the PR. So it did take me a while to navigate through that process and especially to get to a point where, you know, I, I was really making some good money. So I definitely had some adversity in the beginning. Yeah. Now, now speaking of the adversity, um, so, you know, was it a situation where the client just, there was just too much going on with that client or they just demanded too much? Like, you know, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, you know, it was it was the fact that they demanded too much 
gotcha. considering what they were paying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I found myself just run driving myself crazy and always, always, always working, not having any free time. And of course, I wasn't making that much money. So I'm talking about like my first client was like $250 a month. <laughs> you get what yes. I'm saying? So yeah. that's how little I was making. So then I'm trying to, okay, 250 And then, you know, this client might have been $400. So I'm working with like 10 clients just to make ends meet, you know, just to pay my bills. And, you know, that just kind of, you know, really, you know, exhausted me. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that I needed to charge more, but that's another mental barrier you got to overcome to be confident in saying, hey, this is how much it's going to cost. And other people being confident in the fact that you're going to deliver if they're making that big of an investment. You know, so it's a it's a yeah. process. And of course, as you're growing in your business, you got to learn how to attract the level of clientele that's, that's necessary to take your business to the next level. So that yeah. honestly took me a, a little bit to learn, you know. Yeah. Now, like, you know, what was like, what did it take to gain that mindset shift when it came to like raising your prices and just being confident in yourself Mm -hmm. enough to do that, go through with that? What did that take? Yeah, really good question. Um, So first of all, you know, I was very privy to, you know, what the standard rates were for PR, right? And I knew what I was capable of doing. But again, it was that confidence thing. So um, actually, what I did, man, is I really went on this journey, you know, of just like building myself up and, and being confident and learning how to project myself and demand my worth by watching a lot of motivational videos. I read I read a ton of, you know, um, books from very successful um business owners and, and, um, you know, just leaders in their industry. So everything from, you know, think and grow rich to, you know, by Napoleon Hill to 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John C. Maxwell or seven habits of highly effective leaders by Stephen R. Covey. I was reading all of these books and just learning principles to, to, you know, operating a business and making sure that clients are, are confident in your abilities. And of course, having the the moxie to raise your prices and demand your worth. And, you know, I recognize that it's all about your mindset. It really is. I needed to shift my mindset and become and, and actually believe what I was telling other people to believe, that this is what I do, that I'm great at it. And, you know, these are the results that you'll get from working with me. So. Just all about mindset. It's all about the law of actualization, the law of attraction and knowing what you want, knowing what you need and developing the mindset and putting those habits, you know, positive habits into action so that you can achieve your goals. And once I started kind of delving into those things, I recognized, hey, man, like I'm gifted. I'm talented. A lot of the people out here who are succeeding, they're not any better than me. It's just that they're making the decision to do it. And then, like I said, I had to recognize that every client wasn't good for me because I was always getting people reaching out. It's just that they didn't want to invest the money that it really took. And so I had to recognize, hey, this is what is required for me to invest this amount of effort and time and to make these things happen for you. But I also had to know what it took for me to survive. And it really just, I just had to do it. I just had to make the decision. So that meant turning down certain clients. That meant, you know, saying no you know, which was difficult when you need to bring it in. But lots of times I recognize that the clients that you said no to, they respected you for because they probably knew your worth just as much as you as right. you didn't. 
you know, but of course, you know, they're going to try to get it for the best or the lowest rate possible. But once you said no and they saw that you were continuing to do work and continuing to grow, lots of those clients came mm. back. Mm. And, and what was it like, you know, what was going through your mind when you had a former, you know, potential client and you said, no, I can't work with you. And then they, you know, then they come back. Like what, what was going through your mind, you know, when stuff like that would happen? Oh, uh, well, when they would come back, it just showed that I was doing great work. And one lesson that I learned from my dad is no matter how difficult things get, you have to stay in business to get business. Mm. So when people see you working and cre- generating results and, you know, making all of these connections and doing all of these great events, they might not reach out right away, but they're they're paying attention. And eventually they're going to reach out if it's something that they really desire to have. You know, and what I what I also learned at the beginning of my journey is that people pay for what they want to pay for. Right. Right. So, you know, if it, if it's a priority for them, they're going to pay for it. If it's not a priority for them, they're not. So you just have to weed through the people who are going to, you know, waste your time or, you know, try to get, you know, as much as they can for as little as possible. You know, the ones who really want PR, who really want to take their businesses to the next level are going to invest just like I had to invest in my own businesses to make them grow. You know, if I had to pay a, a web a web designer, I had to pay them. If I needed to pay somebody to do my business cards, I had to do that. If I needed a promotional video for my company, I needed to pay a videographer and some and if he could edit, you know, pay him to edit my video so that I could promote my business. So when you're an entrepreneur yourself, you know what's necessary. So you can't allow another entrepreneur to come in and shortchange you. Definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. Um so you know. You, you said something earlier about like, you know, mindset. Um, I know yeah. for some people, it's not always easy to, I guess, like get focused or just get more focused than they already are. Um, right. What are, you know, what are some of the key factors that, you know, played a major role in, you know, besides mm-hmm. like reading books and watching multiple right. videos, what are yeah. some of the key factors that played a role in, you know, just that mindset shift? Yeah, absolutely. Well, like they say, you're the sum of the five people closest to you. So um, what had a major impact in my mindset mindset shift is really just making a concerted effort to surround myself with the right kinds of people. Mm. So I surrounded myself with like minded people who were planning on going where I was trying to go or they were already there and highly successful. Yeah. You know, and those are the people that I spent my time around because they're going to help. They're, one, you're going to learn from them. And then two, lots of times they're going to hold you accountable and let you know what what you're not doing. And um, you learn positive habits from them. You learn, you know, best practices and strategies from those types of people. You see how they maneuver through certain situations, how they negotiate and really, you know, how they approach their jobs or their careers on a daily basis. You know, the positive mindset, the positive habits that they apply each and every day. And I learned from those. And that was really you know, aside from the books and the motivational videos, which got me going, you know, I recognize how. What's up, guys? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, I want you to take a screenshot of yourself listening and I want you to tag at underscore the Black Book Media Pod. That'll be a big help as far as getting the message out. Also, I want you to go ahead and leave a five star review and go ahead and subscribe. Let's get back to the show. Important the right relationships are. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think I think that's you know, I think that's very true. 
Um, you know, when you said how important relationships are, I think relationships play a vital role in networking and just your growth as a person and uh, a business owner in general. So um, I definitely right. that. Um, so, you know, let's let's talk about like, you know, you you are a business owner and you say you have a credit restoration business. You're also um, you have a PR business and mm-hmm. you also wrote your book. Um, when it comes to running those businesses, man, how are you able to balance out your time? Because I know, you know I'm pretty sure with PR, you have people, you know, you probably have people coming at you, you know, with, through the phone, email, right. um, especially mm-hmm. with the credit business. How do you balance, you know, out that time uh, for yourself? Yeah, it's definitely not easy because on top of that, I'm a married man with three kids. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot to balance and it's and it's not easy, man. But I think it, it, it has to do a lot with prioritizing. Right. You know, you got to prioritize and, you know, really just balance the workload. You know, I do have partners and, uh, you know, some staff and interns that I work with as well. Um, so that eases the load a bit. But, you know, I'm always I'm always busy. But I think that when you love what you do, it's not really work. Right. You know, so I love I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate about what I'm doing because I believe it's part of my purpose to to elevate people who are looking to achieve their goals, you know, or to make it easier for somebody to, you know, buy a home or, you know, to, you know, uh, launch their business or take their business to the next level. You know, I really love helping people to achieve their goals. So it's really not it's not work to me. You know, um, I just do it. It's second nature. And really, I don't know how to take a break. Clearly, I have to to spend time with my family. You know, for example, my anniversary with my wife is at the end of this month. So we're going out of the country, actually. Um, So, you know, I'm going to take a couple of days off. But, you know, really, man, I don't take a lot of time off because I'm just focused on the goal and I haven't achieved my goals yet. Um, I haven't achieved what I want for my family yet. So um, I'm just laser focused. Thanks, man. That's that's dope. That's super dope. Now, um, you know, tell me, like, let's talk about your book a little bit. Right. Um, What, you know, when did you decide to write a book and like what motivated you to write a book? Yeah, so I decided to write a book probably about a year and a half ago. And I was just looking at, you know, of course, I had gone through this whole mindset shift and I really just sat back and, and saw how far I had come from where I had been. You know, um, just basic things from, you know, I used to be terrified of public speaking, you know, and how I had to force myself into uncomfortable situations or book myself at schools or different events to start speaking in front of people in order to become comfortable. You know, how I actually had worked with my dad for several years and I wasn't happy, you know, um, because I didn't feel like I was operating in my gifts and my purpose. Um, You know, and it was a great company working with my dad. I learned a ton. But at the same time, you know, lots of times parents can have their own vision for for the direction your life is going to go. And I had to make a decision to break away from that. And, you know, mustering the courage to do that, you know, mustering the courage to start my own company and grow it from the bottom up with no support. You know, um, when I and and adopting the mindset to believe in myself and to recognize that I had a a God given uh, purpose and I had gifts and finally learning the power of my voice. You know, so Mm -hmm. when I looked at my whole journey of being someone who always was told by teachers, he's so smart, he has so much potential, but. I made a decision that I no longer wanted to just have potential. I wanted to do, 
You know, I started right. to despise right. the world potential. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do. I'm going to achieve anything that I put my mind to. I'm going to accomplish it. So I started this journey and I saw the growth, you know, and I look back, yeah. you know, people who doubted whether or not I was going to be able to do it, whether or not it was a good idea to go into business for myself, all of those things, you know, seeing them come turn into believers because I believed in myself, you know, was such a, a huge accomplishment. And I'm like, you know what? Other people can do that too, because I know there's other people out there working jobs that they don't like. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're stressed out. They're not happy. Or there's the mother who's been putting her dreams on the back burner, you know, for her family or for her husband or whatever the case may be. And they have passions. They have, they have goals. They will have a purpose that they want to fulfill. And just like I had to step out and do it, I want to encourage and empower other people to do that as well. And that starts with your mindset. That starts with belief. That starts mm -hmm. with overcoming the self-limiting beliefs that comes with ignoring the doubters, the naysayers, and what I refer to as dream killers. And that comes uh, with, you know, stopping the lying to yourself and being mm. accountable. And what I say in, in the first chapter of my book, which is blame yourself, recognizing that if you're not where you want to be in your life, it's your fault. And what that means is take accountability for where you are, because, for example, when I was working with my dad and I wasn't happy and I wasn't making as much money as I felt I should have made, you know, I could have continued to work and been 35, 40 years old and wanted to blame my dad because I never got to live out my vision and I never made the money that I wanted to. But you're grown. Can you really be a grown man complaining to your dad about that? And is he going to take the, the blame for it? Of right, course. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. hey. Go out there, give you later on, you know what I'm saying, especially if you succeed. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I just wanted to encourage people to overcome whatever adversity that they were dealing with, whatever doubt or fear they were facing, and to launch into their ultimate level of personal and professional greatness. And that's why I chose to write the book. And, um, you know, it took about a year for me to write. Um, I invested about 400 hours into it. And, um, you know, so far we're getting great reception, man. And I'm just going to keep pushing. I want it to be a bestseller. Thanks, man. I hey, I definitely hope you get there, bro. I, I definitely believe, you know, that can definitely happen. Definitely. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Um, so, you know, let's talk about, uh, you know, credit, your, your credit restoration business. How exactly right. did you get into that? Well, actually, I got into the credit business by uh, representing a client of mine. His name is James Hunt, the celebrity credit guru. Oh, yeah. James and he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's based in Atlanta. And, um, you know, he used to be homeless yeah. um, probably like eight years ago. And really, the credit business is something he was able to build into a multimillion dollar company representing all these celebrities and just helping thousands of people to have a second chance at financial freedom, you know, so that they can buy the homes of their dreams or buy the cars or launch their business. And what I recognized was that all the lots of these celebrities who are making millions of dollars, they have bad credit and as, and as rich as they are, they're struggling to get homes. They're struggling to get the Bentley or whatever car they're looking to get unless they're going to drop, you know, three, four hundred grand out of pocket. You yeah. know, it's better to have, you know, good credit so you don't have to drop all of that money. So and I thought that for our community in particular, it's so important because we're not taught about that. I, re I remember walking the campus of Howard University and credit card people from credit card companies walking around campus trying to sign you up for cards, you know? So 
I remember that. And then you get a target card or you get some little credit card and, you know, it might be 50, $60. You run up on it, but you forget about it. Next thing you know, you're looking at your credit report and your credit is bad. And, you know, lots of us aren't educated about the power of credit. And I noticed that the difference between wealthy people and lower class, middle class people is they know how to leverage the power of credit. And I I look at a lot of conversations that people have in our community. They're like, oh, yeah, I'd rather take the cash instead of credit. You can just do this with credit or but really, if you know how to use credit effectively, like it can completely change your life. It can open up so many doors for you. And once I learned that, I'm like, man, I got to learn this business. So actually, I learned the business from James Hunt and then I started my own company. Okay, okay, that's dope, man. Um, You know, it's funny you say that uh, when it comes to like the comparison, like, you know, I've seen posts on Instagram where people are like, you know, what would you choose, the 850 credit score or 50,000? And most people go for the money and they say, uh, you know, you can just get your credit score up with that money. So, I mean, is that true or like, how does that work? I mean, of course you can use the money to pay somebody to get to to repair your credit. But I think the problem starts in the mentality, because if a person who already has bad credit and hasn't made a point to pay their bills on time and doesn't have strong financial literacy gets fifty thousand dollars, what's the odds that they're going to make a smart financial decision? They're going to run through that money the same way that they've run through money in the past. They're not going to make the right decisions. but by learning about credit, by getting your credit done, if you have 850 credit score, there's people out here who, you know, they might not make a ton of money, but they pay their bills on time. They have access to credit cards. So if they need to get through the month or make a, a big purchase, they can do it and then just make sure that they're paying properly on their credit card to keep their utilization down and they can maintain a score. So it's really all about education mm. and recognizing that if you're just paying everything out on cash, you're not. Yeah, of course, it's not damaging your credit by paying with cash, but you're put you you're, you don't have as, as much access to money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're giving up all of your money all at once. And when you have poor credit, one, you're paying higher interest rates. You're not going to qualify for loans. You know, everything from getting a new cell phone, you know, getting the cell phone plan to getting cable. You got to drop deposits down instead of just being able to get the cable and make your f- first month's payment. You know, so. People don't recognize how much money they're losing by not having good credit. And when I see people all the time, like you used in that example, hey, what would I rather have, an 850 credit score or $50,000? Like if $50,000 is not going to last as long as you think it is. It's, right. it's really not. You know, so it, it, it might last you for a year, you know, mm-hmm. but if you don't have sound spending habits and you don't know how to manage your credit, then – you're just going to end up in the same predicament anyway. Right. right, I would, right. I would take the credit score. That's what I would do. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely feel that. Um, so tell me, man, like, you know, you, you, you said earlier about, you know, you talked about some of the books that you've read. Um, what have been some of the most impactful books when it comes to mm-hmm. like how you move now? Um, yeah. General? Absolutely. Definitely. I got to say Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That book really changed my life. And another book that really changed my life is called Succeeding Against the Odds by John H. Johnson. Mm. You know, he was the founder of Ebony Magazine. 
Fashion Fair Cosmetics. He was once one of the richest people in the country, a black man who was born in the Mississippi mud in 1918. Um, actually, when I attended Howard University, his name um, adorned the School of Communication. It was called the John H. Johnson School of Communications. Now it's named after Kathy Hughes. But John H. Johnson, you know, grew up just after, you know, slavery. You know what I'm saying? Like his his parents and his great grandparents endured that. It was the early 1900s. And he never let anything stop him, not the racism, not being able to go to school in an integrated school in the eighth grade, you know, being rejected for all kinds of opportunities. He always found a way to maneuver through it, to overcome the adversity. He had a goal and he never let anything stop him. And that that told me, I'm like, man, we don't have any excuse, no excuse. You know, this guy couldn't even get the education that he wanted to get. His mom put up her house as collateral for him to be able to start his business. So that's like, wow, like those are the types of sacrifices that people were making back in the day because they believed in their in their children. And he honored his mother by delivering on his promise and building a multimillion dollar business. But I'm like, hey, we're going through a lot right now in the black community as far as social justice and rights and all of these things. And I get it. But when you compare it to what people had to endure a hundred years ago, it's, it's still not on that level. And that showed me I don't have any excuse at all. We don't have any excuse. So you know what? Anything you're going through, you're going to suck that stuff up and you're going you're going to hunt your goals full, full speed. And you're not going to let anything stop you because he didn't let anything stop him. He dealt with way more than I did. Facts, man. Facts. facts. Those two books, um, hands down, changed my life. Yeah. OK. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm making a list right now. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, so tell me, man, like, you know, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that, you know, like a young woman or a young man that wants to get into public relations? Like what kind mm-hmm. of you know, advice would you give them to kind of maneuver into that industry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, I would um, advise them to, to see what they're interested in. You know, like I said, of course, you can venture into different avenues within PR. But, you know, if you're interested in entertainment or you're interested in women's issues, you know, make sure that you're that you study and that you're well abreast of those issues and those topics so that you can become kind of like a subject matter expert. So if you were to approach a potential client, you can relate to them because they're in that business and you understand that business. So one is showing you you know, your expertise and your knowledge. Uh, definitely you have to have very solid communication skills. You have to have very solid communication skills. So I definitely recommend that people work on that. And they also work on their writing because as a publicist, you do a lot of writing. You're writing press releases, you're writing speeches, advisories, you're writing bios, putting together press kits, all of those things. And it's your responsibility to effectively articulate your client's message so that they can be picked up for media or for opportunities, whether it's speaking or being positioned at a conference or whatever. So uh, communication okay, skills okay. is very key. All right. Yeah. So, um, um, what what are you know what are some of your goals and mm-hmm. like what are your big goals in the next you know say five years? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, from my book, Defy Gravity, Unleashing Your Greatness Within, I've created something called the Defy Gravity Global Mastermind. And I want to build this up into a huge movement where we're engaging entrepreneurs, visionaries, creatives from all over the world. We're bringing them together for dialogue, for networking, uh, for motivation. I'm going to have all kinds of interviews from entrepreneurs and successful people from all over the world. So people can be motivated and and be informed about how to take their goals and their visions to the next level. So ultimately, I want the mastermind to, to eventually turn into a conference, something like a Grant Cardone 10X conference, something like that. And uh, so I want to really just blow that thing up. And, um, you know, I want to change some lives, man. I'm probably going to write a couple other books as well. So in the next five years, I want a best-selling book. Um, I want my own conference. And um, I just want as many people as possible to be rocking Defy Gravity shirts and, you know, just buying into that message. Facts. That's powerful, though. That's that's dope. Um, all right, man. So, you know, how can some people um, say if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, mm-hmm. how can reach you, whether it be through social media or like just email? Yeah, absolutely. So they can reach me on social media at Ivan the Great. Um, or they can just visit my website, intriguemediagroup.com. It'll have my contact information on there. So again, that website is intriguemediagroup.com. You can reach out uh, to the email address there or, or the phone number there. And, if, and again, you can reach me on uh, Ivan the Great on Instagram. All right, man. There you have it. Um, Ivan, I appreciate you, man, for giving me this opportunity to interview Thank you so much. I appreciated it, man. You had some great questions as well. Love the conversation. Thank you, Thank you. I think it was great. And I think, you know, this is definitely something people can learn from. And, you know, I hope you guys did learn something. And, um, you know, again, I had Ivan Thomas, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, that's it. I'm your host, Adrian Evans, and we're going to get up out of here. Peace. <laughs>